die, we won't give in. We're number one. We'll hold the line. We won't step back. We'll just attack time after time. We're lightning fast. We'll drive my grain. We won't be beat. We won't retreat. Ice in our veins. We are the storm from Melbourne town. We'll blow the others off the ground. We are the storm and we're number one. We are the Storm and we're number one. Welcome to Stormcast, the official Melbourne Storm podcast, episode eight. As always, a quick shout out to those of you who are supporting the podcast by downloading and subscribing to Stormcast with Gobs. The one and only Melbourne Storm podcast, Stormcast is your one-stop shop for discussing all things Melbourne Storm. Stormcast with Gobs is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. As always, I'm your host, Gobs, and I'll be bringing you the latest news, views, and storm content over the 2023 season. Now, let's get on with the podcast. Round three review, it's very rarely do you hear or read about Melbourne Storm losing back-to-back games, but unfortunately that is the case, as the team is now staring down the barrel of a potential third straight loss heading into this Friday night's clash with West's Tigers. Coach Craig Bellamy last week called out the perceived lack of effort in his post-match press conference, the one percenters, the effort areas, all Craig, Be- the, the, the constants that all Craig Bellamy coached Melbourne Storm teams have been about over the past 21 years. On the weekend, Beliak doubled down, stating that there wasn't a whole lot of care or cared very little, which is deeply concerning. Coaches usually protect their players and will most often praise in public but criticise in private. But for Belzer to come out twice in the space of a fortnight and put the playing group on notice and on show is alarming. Here's what Beliak had to say in his post-match press conference after the weekend's loss to the Titans. A lot of errors and real discipline out there today, Craig, wasn't there? Yeah, it was. It was you know, at times, you know, the Titans were probably as bad as us, you know, like some errors they made, but um, they aren't on better than us. And with all due respect, our problem at the moment is the care factor seems very, very low. And um, saying that after last week too, so you would assume that that would have been addressed coming into this week? Thing would have been better, yes. So what's what's happening? What's changing? You, you, you saying you might be able to tell me because I'm not quite sure how to fix it. But as I said, like, for, to me, I think, you know, we, we sort of worked a little bit harder defensively today. Um, so I thought you know that was an improvement. But 
some of the well, they scored 18 points in, in six minutes just before half time then two after half time and both of them come off errors so um, yeah like I said care factor seems uh, not too important at the moment well gee that's now I know Storm have injuries coming out the wazoo the most extensive injury toll of any of the 17 clubs and the worst in the club's 25-year history, which is saying something. However, there is certain expectations within the four walls of the organisation that when someone isn't available, someone else gets an opportunity. It's the next man up mentality that the Storm have become so renowned for for over their quarter of a century history. So whilst injuries are a plausible excuse, internally Melbourne Storm won't cop it. They won't stand for it because whenever someone pulls on that purple jersey, there is an expectation to do your job so others can do theirs, which extends itself to representing and doing the jersey proud. It is virtually impossible to win a game of rugby league, though, when you're shooting yourself in the foot like the Storm have over the past two weeks. No team can expect to win a game when you're making 17 errors, conceding eight penalties, two six-again ruck infringements, and completing at 63%. To be in a game in a position to win, a team has to be completing around about the 80% mark or above with the ball. Whilst the conditions were horrendous with the heat and the humidity on the Gold Coast, There were two teams playing out there and one team made less errors and completed at a much higher rate than the Storm and ended up getting the result. So let's remove the conditions of the game as an excuse. Storm should have been better, plain and simple. Now, Captain Christian Welsh vented his frustration in the post-match press conference. Well, gee, that's... It's a fair sort of accusation from the coach, or a fair way to sum up you guys. Like, how do you cop that? The, the care factors, like, yeah. Um, I think we're trying. We're just making life pretty difficult for ourselves. I think we're one of the best teams that, well, in the last couple of weeks, just doing stupid shit. You know, we gave, yeah, just taking the pressure off. You know, thought we started the game all right, and then down six 0 and then. Just some bad penalties, bad handling. I forced an offload when I really shouldn't have. So, yeah, I think um, a big attitude adjustment. Big attitude adjustment indeed. So what's wrong with the Storm? The past fortnight, round two and round three performances are far removed from the effort displayed in round one, which we all witnessed. The defensive steel and resolve, the grit, that was on show against the Eels. Where is it? Where's it gone? Former Storm captain and club great Cameron Smith provided his opinion during the week on SEN's Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. Last week you had Underworks pull up your socks, your own, your former club, the <laughs> Melbourne Storm, yeah. who trailed Canterbury at one stage 26 nil through 50 minutes. Now you can see... When I say you, Melbourne, concede 38 <laughs> points against the Titans. Cameron, yeah. where are Melbourne at? Are, are, you, are, you, well, are you really worried about not just top four chances, 
top mm. eight chances, Cameron. Well, if 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 the the team continues, you know, performances like they did on the weekend. It is concerning, Vossi. There's no doubt. I actually um, had the opportunity to go out to Seabus uh, Stadium and, and watch that game live. Um, and, and again, the, the team, it took them a little bit to get going. And it was a really hot day. They had drinks breaks in the 20-minute mark of, of um, both halves. So, you know, they could put their hand up and say, oh, look, it was a really hot day. We're not used to that weather. But that's no excuse. It's been hot in, in Melbourne in their preparation for this season. But they just... They, they didn't play well. It's as simple as that. And and where they didn't play well was the there were moments in that game where they, they were in a position where they were up by 12, right? They were up by 12 points with a couple of minutes to go before halftime. They come up with a with a couple of poor, poor plays where they were forcing passes or trying to force an offload, errors, and then the Titans capitalise and score. They go into halftime up by six. About six or seven minutes after halftime, so six or seven minutes into the second half, they're down by six. So it was yeah. an 18-point turnaround in the space of about nine minutes. Mm. Yeah. And so that's where a lot of people are going, what, yeah, what's going on with the Storm? I think the one thing you got to realise about Melbourne is we all we all get caught up in, in talking about the Storm like it's the Storm through that magical period of, of, you know, they had a lot of wonderful players down there when you're talking about, you know, Cooper Cronk and Billy Slater and Greg Inglis and Ryan Hoffman, all these wonderful players where they were very lucky to have, you know, some players that, that are considered generational players. If you look at the Storm now, they don't they don't have that team. They just don't have that team. So the, we I think a lot of people, we need to start... Um, you know, judging this team on it on its own merits, and go well. Look, this is a very different Melbourne Storm side now. Not it's no excuse for them, absolutely not, because there's still high expectation on this football team, and there's high expectation within the group, and especially from Craig Bellamy. But catching up with Craig post game um, on the weekend, he, he was extremely, yeah. extremely disappointed with the way they played, and and there was a lot of effort. Don't get me wrong, there was a lot of effort in this match, but. There wasn't a whole lot of smarts, particularly in the in the crucial moments where there was an opportunity for that team to close that match out. And Smith is right. This isn't the same Melbourne Storm team from yesteryear. There has been quite a significant amount of generational change that's occurred in the past 12 to 24 months. So when you think about it, the loss of Vunivalu... Adokar, Fanukin, Hines, Brandon Smith, the Bromwich brothers, Kafusi, Cameron Smith himself. Throw in Shandor Earl from an experienced perspective as well. So when you factor in that amount of experience and the new kids and players that have arrived and are coming through, it takes time to see the emerging talent fulfil their potential. Mature. The current cohort are a young group. People, be it media, commentators, frustrated Storm fans and members alike, opposition supporters that are taking great delight in the Storm not winning, have all got to remember that the likes of Cronk, Slater, Smith, Inglis, Falau, Chambers, Johnson, Hoffman, etc. They were all developed by the Storm. 
all made their first grade NRL debuts at the Storm. They weren't bought nor poached from other clubs. They were identified and came through the pathways and development of the Melbourne Storm system. Most as teenagers. They weren't immediate stars. They grew into players that they became. They didn't hit the scene as bona fide superstars, not by any stretch of the imagination. The same way the likes of Oromia, Warbrick, McDonald, Fierro, Wishart, Pezzett, how they're all now finding their feet in first grade. So patience is required from the fans and the members. It's going to take some time for these kids to find their way, but once they do, wow, watch out. So let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater just yet. Although, should fans and members be worried? That's the question. And I know that there's been plenty of frustration and people on social media and Facebook groups and forums, etc., that have virtually blowing up. But, again... I don't think it's panic stations by any by any stretch. I, I think we're we're far removed from that. Like, let's put it in perspective. We're one from three. So yeah, okay, it's a thirty three point three percent win rate at the moment, but it's it's only round three. If it's round twenty three, different story. Then you are then you are panicking. But there are so many different factors, so many reasons why. They're not playing good football at the moment. You just can't pin it on one certain factor. Um, there is there is a, a, a litany, a litany of reasons why. Um, and again, you just can't blame injuries. Um, you just can't blame inexperience. You just can't blame exposure of youth. Um, there's there's. Numerous factors that all go into the, the pot that are that are the contributing to the reasons why the last two weeks have panned out that way. Um, like again, I don't think it is necessarily as dire um, as what many people are predicting. Uh, and there's an old saying that you're never ever going as good as you think you are. And you, and you're never ever going as bad as it as you think you are, and and I think somewhere that the storm probably lies within the middle. Ideally, the injuries are, are, are mounting, and they're, they're they're crippling the club at the moment and the NRL team. But it's it's one of those things where you need a, you need a slice of luck, you need an element of luck and luck, I should say. And part of that is trying to maintain. Um, your best 17 and having as many players in your top 30 available for selection week in, week out. And You look at the Panthers over the past two years, or three years, I should say, um, what's been the constant? They've, ha- they've hardly had any major injuries at all. And that's, that's what I mean by luck. And you look at the 2020 season for the Storm, that was one of the 
one of the luckiest seasons we've had, apart from obviously COVID and, and, and living out of a suitcase for the best part of six months on the Sunshine Coast, from a roster perspective, 99% of the roster was available and healthy. And the, the, the one major inju- injury that the Storm received that year was Cameron Smith um, with the AC joint of his shoulder. But... Um, but yeah, it just it really, really comes down to luck. So again, then yep, they're not going to be playing their best football when you've got half of their spine not available through injury and now suspension. Um, and you take you take two of the four out of any spine and see how the other seven or the other sixteen clubs go. They'd, they'd be in a very, very similar boat because that cohesion, that continuity, that understanding, that formula, uh, the reps at training, the reps on field, which we've spoken, which I've spoken about previously, that you can't you can't replicate that when you've got so much significant change happening to your roster week in week out, um, your, your 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 list every week is tra- is changing. From game to game, when you've got a new wing and a new centre combination, or a new halves combination, a new fullback, uh, a new bench rotation, a new middle rotation, like there's no stability, and you can't build that cohesion, you can't build that combination, you can't build that formula when you've got players coming in, coming out, coming in, coming out. So as soon as the storm start to get that continuity back. In their in their list, and you get you get you start seeing that the same thirteen that are named and the same four bench rotation are being are being named, and they're playing week in week out together. And you inject someone like a Ryan Pappenhausen, a Jerome Hughes, and a Munster and a, and a Harry Grant back in together playing together. Then all of a sudden, look out because I think they'll catch fire. And I hope they do anyway. So, um, traditionally, Storm have always started the season very, very strongly. Very, very strongly. And potentially it could be a, a, a different different way around this season where instead of starting strongly, it might be a case of the Storm may finish strongly. We'll come home like a wet sail. Top four might be out of reach. That's okay. That's fine. Obviously, home ground advantage and a second bite of the cherry is always helpful. And if you subscribe to the theory that to be able to win a premiership, you've got to be in that top four, well, the stats and the data would actually suggest that is the case. But in saying that too, we've seen plenty of times where Teams that have finished seventh or eighth um, go a long way to all the way to the grand final. So it's just because it's never been done doesn't mean it can't be done. So again, I'm just prophesizing here. Um, but again, I, it's it's round three, guys. Let's let's just cool our heels and and let's see week to week um, when we start getting troops back and that cohesion starts to build then we can make uh, a better informed judgment and we can take the emotion out of it.
Because at the moment, yes, no one likes losing. Boys aren't playing good football. They know that better than anyone. So, again, should should fans and members be worried? Well, let's hear what Cooper Cronk had to say on NRL 360. Yeah, I was there, Coops, to watch this game, and they were poor. I mean, they, they made a million errors. Have you ever seen him? I mean, we've seen him in some states, <laughs> Craig, but have, you ever, have we ever seen him... <laughs> Like this, I mean, almost lost for answers. Yes, I have. I've seen him like this plenty of times. We (laughs) lost five games in 2012 and it was the same thing. And some coaches play games in the media press conference to their players, but he doesn't. That exact sort of mindset would have been Mm. the review this week because he basically puts the ownership back onto the players to be the coach and solve the issues. Mm. He'll put the resources together. But the alarming thing is when you use words that aren't sort of solved by technicalities. Like, Mm. against the Bulldogs, it was lacked effort. This week, it's the care factor part. So it's not as if it's, like, technically something defence or attack that they can go and work on. He's more just hitting the guys between the eyes and saying, this is on you and you need to respond. Well, a week ago you said, basically, that you thought it was going to be a big week. Yep. And that that would readjust and, and Melbourne would respond. They haven't. Yep. So how concerning is that, that they haven't responded? Yeah, the concerning part is he's using words like effort and care factor. Now, that's asking a player, basically, what does the jersey mean to you? And I thought there would have been a, a vicious response, but there wasn't. It was another poor, lacklustre performance. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think we spoke they about this. Trouble? No, they're not in trouble. They, they, we spoke about this maybe towards the back end of last year. Remember they lost uh, three or four sequences. They were missing a lot of tackles. And, but you know, Craig Bellamy's coach, he's coached for 20 years. He's seen everything mm-hmm. in the game. He'll go back through his experiences and he'll find the answer to it. But, but you've lost, they've lost the, uh, the Bromwich brothers. They've lost Kafusi. The soft for miners after an extended period. Yeah. No one knows when Ryan Pappenhausen's coming back. Brandon Smith, they lost. Brandon Smith's gone. Uh, Hughes is what's one week. One week, like th- they've got some issues. Yeah, they're down on trips. There's no doubt about that. But I don't think uh, yeah that what's happening right now will determine their season. I still think they play finals. I think top uh, four. Top four. Oh, I think they'll fight. Well, they finished what sixth or seventh last year, so they'll be fighting thereabouts. They can put it all together. Pappenhausen at the back end of the year. But the thing for me is when you have a big turnover of players, and particularly in, in the Ford pack, you need to get those repetitions into those new guys. So, you know, Josh King and Ali Katara and things like that, they'll be much better come halfway mark of this season. If you give- Let's hope you're right, Coops. Sounds like you've been listening to Stormcast with Gobs. All right, Teamless Tuesday. Uh, Origin and Test 5-8. Cameron Munster has been named in Melbourne Storm's 22-man squad to face West Tigers in the Round 4 NRL match at Amy Park this Friday night as he makes his way back from a fractured finger sustained back in Round 1 against the Eels. After missing the losses to Canterbury and Gold Coast, Munster trained with the Storm squad this afternoon and has been named in the number six jersey to face West's Tigers. However, he excuse me, he will need to complete Thursday's captain's run session without incident before his return to play is confirmed. With Munster selected in the starting team, last weekend's deputant Jonah Pezzett drops back to the reserves list with the only change to the 17 who faced the Gold Coast Titans on Saturday. 
Halfback Jerome Hughes has been named in the number seven jersey pending his judiciary appearance where he will attempt to have a grade two dangerous contact charge downgraded. If successful, he will be free to play the Tigers on Friday night. Among the names on the extended interchange bench are Tarek Sims, who is in line to make his Amy Park debut for Melbourne, and Tom Eisenhuth, who made a successful return from lower back issues when he came off the bench for the Sunshine Coast Falcons in the Host Plus Cup on the weekend. Back rower Alicia Katoa will reach his 51st grade game milestone, four of those with the Melbourne Storm thus far. Now, let's have a look at the Storm team that's taking on West's Tigers. So, Nick Meaney, again, in the number one. Will Warbrick and Xavier Coates are on the wings. In the centres, we have Remus Smith and Justin Ollum, who made his return from a fractured forearm last week, so he'll be better for the run. In the halves, we have Cameron Munster at 5'8", and as this podcast has been recorded, we, we now know that Jerome Hughes was unsuccessful in uh, getting that grade two uh, de- uh, dangerous contact charge downgraded to a grade one, so he unfortunately will not be available this weekend. Uh, Jonah Pezzett is more than likely in line to come back in and play his second first-grade game for the Melbourne Storm and his first at Amy Park. Now, Tui Kamakamitha and Christian Welsh are in the front row with Harry Grant at hooker. Trent Liero and Alicia Katoa are in the back row with Josh King locking the scrum. On the interchange bench, we've got Tyron Wishart, Alec McDonald, Tarek Sims, and Bronson Garlic wrap up the 17. On the extended bench, we've got Tom Eisenhuth in the 18. Grant Anderson is named at 19. Aaron Penne, who again is yet to play any first grade this year. Uh, we did see him in the trials, and unfortunately he did miss round one due to a rib complaint. Um but he continues to be named, so fingers crossed he will be uh, not too far away from, from being back in that 17. Uh, Suya Fayalongo is in number 21, uh, and as I've made mention to, Jonah Pezzett in number 22, who is more than likely going to come in and replace Jerome Hughes after making his debut against the Titans last week. Now, looking at the West's Tigers team, so they had a bit of a, a shake-up to their spine. Adam uh, Dewey, or Dwakey, uh, is has reverted back to fullback. Charlie Staines and Junior Tupu are on the wings, with Brent Naden and Asu Kapoa in the centres. Brandon Wakeham, who came, to, who came on to the field for West last week and sparked their attack, has been named in the sixth jersey, Luke Brooks, the much maligned halfback, is in the seven. Their front row, Stefano Utikunamanu and David Klemmer. Uh, Api Korosau is at hooker. Uh, Isaiah Papali'i returns from a one-week suspension. Uh, Englishman John Bateman will play his second game for the Joint Venture Club. And Melbourne Storm, Victorian-born and bred 
Fanua Pole is in the 13 jersey. So a, a, a Melbourne-born and bred junior is actually playing for West this weekend. So um, Melbourne Storm fans, just keep an eye on this number 13 for, for West. He um, he can play. And unfortunately, it's it's a shame that uh, he the club couldn't retain him or keep him. Um, and he obviously slipped through the net. So... That's that's disappointing, but you never know. One day he may return and be able to pull on the purple jersey. We hope. We hope that uh, more Melbourne Storm juniors can come back and represent the club. On the interchange bench for the Tigers, they've got Dane Laurie, Alex Twal, Sean Bloor, and Alex Seafarth. Their extended bench is Stafford Toa, Joe Offenangawi, Justin Matamua. David Nofaluma in number 21, who was given the butcher's hook last week, um, and Jake Simpkin, the hooker. So there you have it. Um, what really strikes a little bit of fear and trepidation in, in me is the, the size and the power of that Tigers forward pack. Um Utu Kamanu and Clemmer are big bodies. Um, Isaiah Papali'i and John Bateman provide plenty of strike on the edges. And Fanua Pole is, a, a again, another big body who, who is just virtually a third middle forward That's doesn't really have any ball playing to him, but he just gets through a lot of yardage, big carries, a lot of post-contact metres. Um, it's probably one of the more intimidating uh, West Tigers packs that they've trotted out for some time and no doubt that they've had uh, a bit of a transformation in terms of um, a lot of off-season signings, um, namely in David Clemmer with the uh, the well-known and well-publicised uh, swap deal with Jackson Hastings who went to the Knights and Clemmer arrived at the Tigers. Papali'i who's come across from the Eels and Bateman, the former Raider, who returned home to Wigan uh, in the Super League. The Wigan Warriors has now ended up at Wests on a lucrative deal. Uh, and, yeah, it is it it is a vastly improved forward pack, plenty of strike, plenty of size, plenty of threat, um, which uh, Abby Corusau, um, who was the prize signing from the premiership-winning Panthers, uh, who went back-to-back, he'll love to be... Um, capitalising on, on the go forward and the momentum that that Tigers pack will be able to sort of generate through the middle third of the field. So there's a big job. There is a very, very big job for the Melbourne Storm middle. Um, Christian Welsh, Tui Kamakamitha, Josh King, uh, Ali McDonald, Tarek Sims are going to have, have, have to be on their game um, to be able to stop the onslaught that's going to be coming through that, that middle and trying to, to really win the... Win the ruck, um, and it's really about to me. That's where the game's going to be won. If if the Storm can match the go forward of of Wests, I think they give themselves every likelihood of, of going on to win this game. Albeit, I don't think it's going to be a comprehensive win one way or the other. Um, the Tigers have have quite a lot of speed and pace out wide. Uh, the running game of, of Luke Brooks is dangerous. Uh, the running game 
of Brendan Wakeham is also dangerous, which he, he, he provided and showed um, at Belmore last week when he got his opportunity to come on and play that last sort of 25 minutes for for the Tigers. Uh, Brent Naden is is a speed star. Charlie Staines has got a bit of pace. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's not... I don't think it's it's going to be a fait accompli that Storm have lost back to back games and they very rarely lose three in a row, etc. I don't, th- I don't, I think you can throw that out the window. This, this is a, a, a Tigers team that's that's virtually going to be coming to Melbourne with no expectation to win, and the pressure's off. The pressure's off. The shackles are off. They'll be coming to to ambush the Storm, very similar to what Canterbury Bankstown did in round two. They've got nothing to lose. They've got plenty of ball movement. Um, they've got a lot of points in them, this this Tigers team, and they showed that last week when um, they had a late surge and almost stole the game from, from the Bulldogs at Belmore. So if, if there is a, a slight hint, slight hint of complacency by Melbourne, this could be another disappointing week. Um Again, it, I think the, the Tigers' forward pack is their obvious strength. They're going to come through the middle. They're going to try and generate a lot of second-phase play, a lot of quick play the balls, try and get the Storm on the back foot and retreating as opposed to meeting them with uh, with good line speed. So I think it's I think this clash is actually a danger game for, for the Storm. I'm, I am very wary, and I'm, I'm not just saying that as a... As a um, as a defeatist or um, trying to play down the, the Storm's chances of winning, I'm 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 being realis- realistic here. Uh, traditionally, the the Tigers have have always been uh, a team that loves to use the football, and that's always that's always caused the Storm uh, a little bit of uh, defensive concern. Very similar to the Titans, the Warriors, in yesteryear, and what we saw in round two. Um, against the Bulldogs, where when all of a sudden you start generating second phase play, you move the ball a lot, you start pulling the Storm's defensive systems, specifically on the edges, um, apart, and chaos ensues. So if the Storm are going to be taking this team lightly, they're, they're going to be in for a rude shock. Now, we already know that Belliac's come out and he's slammed their lack of care. He's questioned their effort and he's done it publicly. So, like Kronk said, we're expecting a we're expecting a response, right? We're expecting a response. Will we get a response? Well, there's only one way to find out, but you'd like to think that. The response that we should have seen last week against the Titans will hopefully be there this week against West's Tigers. Now, you look at the... Again, earlier I spoke about continuity, cohesion. That left edge is starting to come back together now. You've got Munsters being named, and whilst it's said that you know, he's, he's got to get through captain's run before he will officially play. You have Munster, Liero, Olam and Coates back on that left edge. 
now that that's that's a positive for mine. Um, they did a lot of training, a lot of reps in the preseason. They haven't. They really haven't played together because again, Ola missed round one and round two. Uh, as uh, Xavier Coates and Munster missed round two as well. So I'm excited to see how that edge sort of combines. Uh, it is the go-to edge as majority of left edge and left side attack and shape with majority of teams uh, tends to be right across the game. Um, Remus Smith and, and Warbrick, that's this will be their third game together too, so I'm interested to see how their combination as a wing-centre partnership is going to improve in that regard. Uh, Elisa Katoa on that edge as well. Again, he, he's he's one of the shining lights, I think, over the past couple of weeks. He's he's looked threatening. Whilst he hasn't crossed the, the white line yet, he's, he's made a, a few really, really good line breaks, broken field running, um... And again, his combination with Jerome Hughes has been building really, really well. Um, whilst Hughes won't be there this week, uh, that sort of shape on that right edge, Pezzett doesn't have to overplay his hand. He knows he knows that um, that edge will be plugged into him as a half, which means that the same the same shape that Hughes would run, Pezzett will be running. Um, so I'm expecting Katoa to have... Another another great game, um, as long as he doesn't offload the ball in their own red zone. Elisa, hold the ball, especially on the second tackle. But anyway, um, as you can tell, I'm over last week's loss. Um, but yeah, I, I I think there's there's plenty of upside with some some cohesion and continuity with some stability in in, in playing positions on both edges at the moment and. Again, we just we need some we need some luck in terms of injuries, and let's hope there's no more this weekend, and we can start to really build some some cohesiveness in this uh, in this storm team. So, time will tell. Um, I had the pleasure of uh, being invited on to a Wests Tigers podcast tonight. It's called the Wests Live Podcast. Um, to preview this game on their podcast. Um, so thanks to the boys um, uh, at Westlife Podcast for previewing the Storm West Tigers clash um, and inviting me on. It was a, it was a real thrill uh, for those of you that um, uh, enjoy your rugby league podcasts. Um, get around it. Give the boys a follow and a like and a subscribe. Um, they're a good bunch of lads. Uh, they're realists, um, which is what I like. I, they don't live in fairy fairyland or utopia. Um, they they call it as they see it, and uh, again, that's refreshing. Similar to what I try and do here at the storm, I I don't try and paint this pretty picture of everything's hunky dory and everything's sunshine, rainbows and lollipops. I'll, I'll call it as I see it. Um, I want to be honest. I want to be transparent, just as they are, and. And yeah, so it was a it was a great thrill. Hence why I'm I'm, I'm recording this podcast uh, at one uh, thirty a.m. in the morning uh, because of, of my commitment to um, to joining them on the podcast. So again, I really appreciate the opportunity to join the Westlife podcast, and uh, uh, I'll say may the best team win, and hopefully that's the men in purple. Yeah.
Injury and rehab report as we go into round four. So the latest update on Melbourne Storm's injury list. Cameron Munster, as we know, is returning from that dislocated fractured finger uh, compound fracture. So the test and Origin 5-8 uh, has been named in the Storm's 22-man list to play West Tigers with a final decision on his availability to be made closer to game day. Uh, Marion Seve. Um, with his knee, a return to the field over the next fortnight is on the cards for the centre as his knee cartilage issues continue to improve. So that that's good. Um, that that's great if we can get Marion back on the on the uh, on the park. Big man Mountain Nelson Asafa Solomona, uh, as we know, a six to eight week layoff is the estimation for the big Kiwi front rower after he sustained a high-grade MCL injury against the Bulldogs in round two. There was a bit of scuttlebutt this week that was suggesting that it potentially could be a 10-week layoff. I hope that's not the case. I think I made mention to it last week that uh, the performance team at the Storm do a really, really good job, and usually when they do come out and say six to eight weeks, they, they're being very, very ultra-conservative. Um worst-case scenario planning, and, and that's the case with a lot of injuries. They always go worst-case, um, and usually if if, um, if they're ahead of their rehab or they start healing quicker, uh, especially if, if they haven't had to have surgery, which is the case with Nelson, then potentially a six-to-eight layoff, a week layoff, could potentially be a four- to six-week layoff, and if, if that does seem to be... Uh, the case, then we're potentially looking at, what, round 10, potentially. And I think that coincides with Magic Round or not too far off that. So that would be, be ideal if we can get Nelson back sooner rather than later. But we'll just we'll keep our eye on that and see if there's any update as the weeks and the rounds progress. Tepai Moroa, um, the prop is closing in on a return to play after sustaining a calf strain in tra- training. Um, yeah, he just can't catch a break, poor old Moroa. So, fingers crossed he gets back on the field sooner rather than later. Pappy, Ryan Pappenhausen, as we know, Paps continues to work hard on his rehab program, building strength in his right leg. The exact date of his return is to be confirmed. Um, there's a bit of news around that He's potentially still about eight weeks away. Um, if that's the case, then you'd assume that you'd assume that he's getting closer to a return to run. Um, he's doing a lot of running in the water still, uh, and a lot of running on on a um, especially uh, a special gravity type uh, treadmill, which takes all the sort of the pressure off his off his legs and off his knee. So. That's that's positive, um, and if some of the news around is suggesting eight weeks, then 
takes usually about six weeks to do a mini pre-season. So if you do the math there, um, he's probably maybe a fortnight away from potentially hitting the ground uh, running, which uh, would be sensational news for Paps um, as he makes his long way to come back. So, and again, anyone who's watched um, the documentary, um, it's 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 one of those things where he just doesn't want to be coming back. He wants to be, he wants to be coming back to perform and to perform that he knows where he can be. So, um, let's hope let's hope that is the case. And Dean Oramia. Uh, as we know, the winger will not be available for the remainder of the season after suffering that ruptured ACL in the trial against the Warriors. So the good news, however, is Tom Eisenhuth uh, returned to the field last week and so too did George Jennings, um, both who returned for the Storm's feedersides and will undoubtedly come into contention for the NRL selection in the weeks ahead. Um Fingers crossed that uh, they both stay injury-free and and potentially um, may not be seen in first grade because we don't get any more injuries. So that's that would be the ideal scenario. So uh, it's it's good to have that depth starting to slowly return to our feeder clubs. So great news. <laughs> Now, some Storm news. Uh, as touched on and made mention when we're looking at the team list, Melbourne Storm halfback Jerome Hughes has been unsuccessful in his bid to get a dangerous contact charge downgraded by the judiciary on Tuesday night. As a result, the Storm star will now miss Melbourne's next two matches following the charge received in Saturday's Round 3, meeting between the, uh, with the Gold Coast Titans. Hughes will unfortunately miss the Storms' matchup with West Tigers this Friday night, as well as the Storms' round five trip to Sydney to take on the Rabbitohs. Uh, I was actually supportive of the Storm rolling the dice and deciding to fight the severity of this charge, uh, disputing the grading in the hope it would be reduced from a grade two dangerous contact charge to a grade one. Unfortunately for Romy and the Storm, the judiciary panel did not agree with my or the club's view or perspective. Now, I'm all for player welfare and protecting halves, but gee whiz. If Romy's contact on Tana Boyd, the, the Gold Coast Titans halfback, is worthy of a two-game suspension, then you have to question what is becoming of our great game. What is becoming of our great game of... Rugby league. I fear if the power brokers and the rule makers continue to sanitise the game, there will come a point where... Rugby league. ...won't resemble... Rugby league. ...anymore. And I sincerely hope, I sincerely hope it doesn't come to that. Now, could a reunion 
be on the cards for out-of-favour West swinger David Nofaluma. For the second time in two seasons, West Tigers winger David Nofaluma finds himself dropped from first grade. Banished to reserve grade is a sure sign that he is on the outer at Concord. Signing a load deal, Nofaluma played six games to the Storm, scoring four tries for the club and left a remarkable impression on everyone involved at the Storm, from the hierarchy to the coaching staff to the playing group and the fans and the members. Now, News Corp journalist David Riccio spoke about this on NRL 360 during the week. There's a guy that's been moved out of the team, as you mentioned, Bray, mm. David Nofaluma. We know that he had a stint at the Melbourne Storm mm. last year. I rang the Storm today to ask if they would be interested now that Nofaluma's clearly out of the team. Would they be interested in revisiting taking Nofaluma down there? They certainly said they wouldn't close the door on the option. Mm. Uh, they, are co- they are confident in what they've got in their stocks. They would prefer a forward than yeah. an outside back, the Melbourne Storm at this point in time, but certainly said that they wouldn't close the door on welcoming back David Nofaluma, who they, who they, well, they, they love down there. Melbourne could do with a David Nofaluma at the moment with the injuries they've got now. Yes, we could do with a David Nofaluma. With the extensive injury toll and the lack of depth at the minute, Nofaluma returning to Melbourne on a permanent basis would, in my opinion, be an absolute godsend. Xavier Coates on one wing, Nofaluma on the other. I'm all for that. And I'd say most Storm fans would be as well. So let's just see what transpires. Let's just see. Let's keep an eye on this. Now, Storm's history chronicled in new podcast, Eye of the Storm. Melbourne Storm is proud to share Eye of the Storm, a podcast series which is going to be giving insight into moments that have built the Storm and its revered culture over the last 25 years. Eye of the Storm will premiere on Thursday, so virtually today, um, on all your favourite podcast platforms. So as the Storm Club continues to celebrate its incredible 25-year history, the series will give the Purple Faithful, Rugby League and sports fans alike an exclusive and in-depth look into one of the country's most successful sporting franchises. Featuring never-seen-before interviews with players and administrators alongside uh, commentary and archival footage, all fans from foundation to new can be prepared to gain a deeper understanding of what makes the Melbourne Storm tick. The first episode will chronicle the story of the night the Storm's capital, Melbourne, embraced its newest team. After three wins on the road to start its historic inaugural season, Melbourne returned to what was then the graveyard, uh, the old Olympic Park, to play in front of its home faithful for the first time ever on the 3rd of April, 1998. 
Could the men in purple continue their fairy tale start to life in the big time when they stepped out onto Olympic Park to face the North Sydney Bears? How many Victorians would show up to watch this foreign game? How many people care? The answers were absolutely resounding. So for everyone who listens to this podcast, I urge everyone to start or give the Eye of the Storm a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your preferred platform today. and be it, It'll, again, give you a notification when a new episode drops. So that podcast name that the club has put out, which will be chronicling, chronicling, I'm getting tongue twisted, uh, that will be uh, releasing the chronicles over the the past 25 years of the Melbourne Storm is called Eye of the Storm. So whack it in your search on your podcast platform and it will pop up. So, yeah, it'll be intriguing, absolutely intriguing. Listen. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Here's hoping. Here's hoping for a much improved performance, reminiscent of what we saw back in round one against the Eels. As fans and members, we want to see that steely resolve, that grit back in the defence and an energetic side that does prove that they do care, that they care about the result, that they care about the performance and they care about the purple jersey. The West's Tigers will have nothing to lose. All the pressure is on the Melbourne Storm, which makes it a danger game for the Storm. Wests will come with the intention to move the ball and play a lot of second phase play, not too dissimilar to what the Bulldogs did in round two. If the Storm aren't willing to work hard defensively and contain their big middles, dare I say it or even think it, the Tigers may be heading home from Amy Park with the two competition points. That's the reality of it. My tip, I think this will be very, I think it will be much closer, much closer than what many people tend to think. I've got a feeling it, it'll be an uncomfortable arm wrestle for most of the, most of the 80 minutes. Um, I'm going to say the Storm by six. I, I get that feeling it's going to be a, a 1 to 12 type game. So, um, I mean, two losses in a row, staring down the, the barrel at, at three. I mean, we'll, we'll take we'll take any win by even if it's by one. But again, not good not good for the blood pressure, not good for the ticker. So, but yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say Storm by six. Uh, anything more than that would be an absolute bonus. So, yeah, um, let's just let's just see how that transpires. Um, again, thank you for listening, and until next week. Enjoy your weekend of rugby league. And as always, go the storm.